following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm doing, don't you? I'm sneaking out halfway because I have to top and stop and take a breath for getting my wind back. It's such a long journey. I almost, I all, honestly, I almost brought a sack lunch the first Sunday because I'd been practicing walking out here and I said, I need a break in the middle of it. So all I brought today was some uh, Twinkies and a, and a Kit Kat bar. That's what I brought today. Uh, that'll, that'll come in the sermon in a little while. Are you all right today? Everybody okay? This snow, this, this inclement weather is not bothering you. You're okay. Everybody's fine. You're all right? Put your hands out and see if they're shaking. Come on, see if they're shaking. All right, if they're not shaking, you're fine. You're fine. I got a little something I want to share with you here. One of our youngins said, Dear Pastor Rex, happy Sunday. I love you with all my heart. From Avery, January the 10th, 2021, and I love her back. There you go. That's how my day got started today. How'd your day get started? I saw some people come in with Starbucks today. Ain't nothing better, I guess, in our life than Jesus and Starbucks. And I love Summer Moon. You know, I enjoy Summer Moon. I, I'm a moon man. I, uh, I like Summer Moon. only reason I drink Summer Moon is because it's a local place, and I like to, I like to spend locally. And uh, if I ever go to Seattle, I'll drink Starbucks. I love you very much today. Now, I, I want to share something with you today because it's important that I do this. Uh, I love kids. I, I am a proponent of kids. I've had four in my life, one's with the Lord in heaven, and three of them are on this earth, and they're daughters, and they're very, very special to me, and our first girl had two children, our second girl had three children, and our third daughter had four children, and I told Patty, I said, if we'd had another daughter, she'd probably had five. <laughs> she'd probably have five, but I love kids, and I want to show off our latest addition to the Johnson family. I want to show it off today. It's a little girl. Be careful, baby. Be careful. The little old girl, little old sweet girl, and the girls now outnumber the boys in our family five to four, and the boys are playing from behind. But this is a this is Everson. Say Everson, Everson. Dale. Dale. Don't remember that. Don't forget that middle name. That's my middle name. <laughs> this kid's got my markings on her. Would you give little Everson a great hand? I love you, baby. She don't, like the, she don't like the lights. It's too much for her. But she, is, she can be in the house, and you never know she's there. I love those kind of kids. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, baby. Keep that same spirit. You hear me? All right. I love you. I love you, Mama. I love you. Ooh, that sounded good. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Now. I always like to kind of start with something kind of comical when I, when I get in the pulpit, something kind of funny. And I was, I was uh, this is not the normal funny, but I was, I was happy today to be in Austin, Texas. Austin, say Austin. I know it's, it's got some weirdness to it. We want, that's our motto, keep Austin weird. And, uh, and so I, I just think that it's a, it's, a, it's a cool thing to live in Austin because I looked up some names of some cities in other states, and it blew me away. You know, we could be having church today in a town called Nothing, Arizona. 
Welcome to the first church of nothing out of Arizona. Or nowhere, Colorado. Nowhere. But it gets worse. How about hell for certain Kentucky? Glad you're in church in hell for certain today. That's a town. Or how about Satan's kingdom in Massachusetts? How about Boogertown, North Carolina? How about knock them stiff, Ohio? And, and it's not about a boxing term. That's about some kind of a powerful local moonshiner. Knock them stiff. And then there's slap out Oklahoma. Slap out. And the reason they named that town Slap Out is because there was a store that started Slap Out. And when the customers would come in and they didn't have any more groceries, they'd say, we're Slap Out of what you need. So they just called it Slap Out. Give a hand clap for Austin, Texas today. I, I like that. I like Stephen F. Austin to have named this town. I love it. So that's about all I got to say about that. I'm going to put my Kit Kats and my Twinkies down here. And don't be taking pictures of them. Just keep the camera up, all right? Would you stand? You're incredible people, and I love you. We've got some new people in the house today. Let's give all of our new folks a great hand of appreciation. I, uh, I'm very happy. I am very happy that you really did. Uh, I saw Chris and Kristen come in today, and Pastor Kelly was getting snow off of the hood of their car. They came from up north off the hood of their car and throwing snowballs at me. And they're trying to hit me, trying to hit his pastor. And uh, one day I'll have snow in my hands, and I will hit him. But, but they, they came with snow this deep on their car. And so I know some of you came through some inclement stuff. And we don't do snow well here. But I'm so happy that we still do Jesus well here. Yeah. Amen. We, do, we, we, love, we love Jesus around here. And you know what? This is our third time in this, in this church. And I'm so happy to be here to greet you today. We started a series last week simply called I Will Be Better. Say it with me. I Will Be Better. Now, I preached a little bit last week about keep pressing forward. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about being positive toward yourself. You need to do that. You need to, you need to have a positive mindset about who you are because God doesn't make junk. He makes special people. We're made in his image. We're created after his likeness. He doesn't make junk. There may be illegitimate relationships, but there are no illegitimate children in the kingdom of God. Come on, clap your hands for that. And then how today, we're going to go forward. Turn to somebody, say, I'm going to help the pastor. And I'm not going to be lengthy. I promise you I'll let the first service out early. I'm going to let you out early. Anytime you come and bear this kind of weather and come in here and have church with us, we're going to share the good things of God, then let you go home and and snuggle up on the couch and men, three football games today. Jesus help. And wives, I love you. I'm sorry. That just came out. I don't know where that came from. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless the word today. A man came to Socrates and asked, Socrates, will you be my teacher? And Socrates said, follow me. And he turned and walked into the ocean. The young man followed him into the sea and until the water touched his nose. And then Socrates turned and did something very unusual. He put both hands on the young man's head and pushed him under the water. And the young man wanted to be compliant to such a powerful, knowledgeable man, stayed there for a while, but he got to running out of air and he started gasping and choking a little bit and spitting. 
while Socrates held him under. Finally, the young man began to flounder and blow bubbles and thrash wildly, just seeking air. Socrates took his hands off of him. The young man came up gasping. And spewing water everywhere, he said to Socrates, Master, why did you do that? And Socrates looked at him and said, when you want to learn as much as you wanted to breathe, then I'll be your teacher. I don't like Socrates' methods. I wouldn't want to sit under his pastorate. He might be a little tough. But I do love to teach to people who want to be and learn more of the Word of God daily. And so on this, on this snowy day, thanks for being here. And I compliment you for being in the house of God today. Thank you for being here. I feel good about today. I woke up this morning and I asked the Lord to be here with us today. I do it every time I wake up on Sunday. I heard about an old illustration. There's a park in the beautiful island of Bermuda where there's a rock hanging on a tree with a large sign beside it. The sign reads, Weather Station. Check the rock. If it's wet, it's raining. If it's moving, it's windy. If you can't see it, it's foggy. And if it's gone, you're in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> so this morning, I checked the rock, or better yet, I checked what Peter called him, the, the stone, the cornerstone, which is our lives are built upon. And he said he would be with us today. And I'm about to give you something really good here. I'm about to put this thing on you right now. Are you ready for it? First statement today. Our life gets better when we get better. Come on. Our lives get better when we get better. Matthew chapter 12 said, make the tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For the tree is recognized not by its leaves or by its trunk, but by its fruit. Poor looking fruit trees producing good fruit is an anomaly. And healthy trees producing bad fruit is also an anomaly. The key to a better life and better results in your life is you. Put your hand on your chest and say, I will be better. See, our lives get better when we get better. So today I'm going to speak on the third and fourth principles of this message. And next Sunday I will complete it with the last three. I'm excited about starting the new year with these principles because I just think that principles have to guide your lives. You know, somebody said one time when Moses wrote the Ten Commandments, if you do the ten, you'll get in. But they were principles. They really, really were. They were principles of life that we need to learn to live by. And so I'm giving you seven. The first two I already told you about it. Keep pressing forward and don't be hard on yourself. Be positive with yourself. But today, you need to develop better relationships in 2021. Say amen to that. You need to develop better relationships. Mama used to tell me, she really said this, if you run with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Robert Putnam wrote a book called Bowling Alone. Yeah, that kind, bowling. And he discovered more people are bowling today, but fewer are doing it in leagues. There's been a steady decline in civic involvement. There's been a steady decline in neighborhood relationships. Many people sitting here today don't even know who their neighbors, neighbors are and volunteering in religious organizations. And Putnam found the level of community in America is at the lowest point of our lifetimes. And I promise you the pandemic of all last year didn't help us with that because we were told to stay indoors and even keep away from our own family. 
It was almost like that we had learned how to live by ourselves all over again. Therapist Will Miller also wrote a book in which he titled Refrigerator Rights. I love this. It's a fun book. It has a similar theme. He says we need people around us who have what he calls refrigerator rights. Or can I say pantry pleasures? Amen. This is someone who can come into your home and you feel comfortable enough and they feel comfortable enough to go to our refrigerators and make a sandwich for themselves without your permission. Folks, that's some close friends. That's some good relationship. Miller argues too many Americans suffer mentally and emotionally because they have too few of these kind of close relationships in their lives. Our society is suffering from our lack of involvement with one another. Individuals are suffering. So what I want to say to this congregation collectively today and to you individually, we need to reach out to people in 2021 like we maybe forgot to do in 2020. And we need to re-up ourselves in relationship living again. Come on, clap your hands. Look around here. Everybody that's in this house is your friend. Everybody in this house is a child of God with you. Rejoice in that right now. Come on, rejoice in that right now. Years ago, a team of Harvard social scientists tracked the lives of 7,000 people over the years, over nine years, and here's what the team found. People with fewest, the fewest personal relationships were three times more likely to die earlier than folks who had relationships, connections. In fact, people with bad health habits such as smoking and poor eating habits and obesity or alcohol use even, but who had strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but who were isolated. And so I wrote a little phrase here I'm going to share with you right now. It's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. (laughs) And bring a Kit Kat bar with you too. Come on now. I preached that in the first service and somebody brought that to the door to me in the second service said, Pastor, I thought I'd bring you what you like to eat with others. So I may break down if I get hungry and eat a little Twinkie in front of you here today. All right? Is that all right? It's better to do that. Harvard professor Robert Putnam notes that if you belong to no groups but decide to join one, listen to this, you cut your risk of dying over the next year in half. Life groups need you. Fellowship needs you. You need fellowship with somebody else. People, I wrote this and I wish somebody would write a song about it. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. I wrote that and I wish somebody would make a song out of it. No, Barbara had already done that. But we need to celebrate differences. Come on, clap your hands for differences today. Us in this church body are all different. Paul spoke about it when he said we're all members in particular. Some are hands and some are feet and some are eyes and some are ears and all parts of the body are mentioned. Even in our spiritual growth, one is given the utterance of wisdom. To others, the utterance of knowledge. To another, the spirit of faith. I love those kind of people. To others, gifts of healing. And someone else, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. Did you know that men and women hear the gospel differently through their ears. We can be guilty of overgeneralizing some things, but think with me for a moment. Experts say that men think competitively or hear competitively and think competitively. Women think more relationally. What does that say about the life of the church? So men respond positively to a word of challenge, to the setting of goals and to building bigger churches. And women may be more concerned with improving the life of the church that we already have and creating community 
and family goals. And each of us listens to the gospel through a unique set of ears. Listen, left brain people hear the gospel differently from right brain people. Left brain, when it's dominant or literal, they're fact oriented, they're more opinionated, more verbal. When right brain people have, have more creativity in them and more emotional and more visual, left brain people like the sermon to be doctrinally sound and get all the facts right, pastor. But right brain people want the pastor to tell good stories and insert some humor and be warm and accepting. And I think I got a lot of right brainers in this church. We've all have those kinds of persons in our church. People raised in rural environments look for different things in the church than people that are raised in urban environments. People that come from other countries that come to this country think different than people that are raised in this country. And people raised very strict look very different at things than people who are raised permissively. And young people have different agendas than do the older crowd. Churches are an amazingly diverse group. And here's what you need to know. This job ain't easy. Is that all I'm going to get? This is a hard job. I go home sometime and I say, baby, did I, did I talk to everybody today? She said, I don't know. I don't know if you did or not. And I said, well, I tried to reach everybody today, but a certain amount of diversity is good. Here's what I want to declare. You don't have to be my clone to be my brother. You don't have to talk like me, act like me. Dear God, you sure don't want to look like me, but you don't have to be my clone to be my brother and you don't have to be the clone sister of some other sister to be her sister. Let's celebrate diversity here today. Come on, let's celebrate it. But whatever is in a person's life is what they will bring to the relationship. If a person has poor self-image, that's what they'll bring to the relationship. If a person has a history of strife and anger and even bitterness, that's what they'll bring to the relationship. And God forbid if a person has this massive, big ego, that's what they're going to bring to the relationship. And if a person has hurts that are not healed and conflict and unresolved issues, that's what they'll bring to the relationship. I've often talked to our staff about making it a goal to have uncomplicated relationships in your life. Poor self-image can hurt you. Unhealed hurt you don't need to carry. Stored up anger you need to get rid of. And lingering resentment and hypersensitivity. These are the things that complicate relationships. And on this second Sunday of the brand new year, we need to say, Lord, take those away from me. Get them out of my spirit. Get them out of my life. I want to be relieved from all of that. And I want to walk in relationship in 2021. Relationships matter. They're very important. In fact, in the long run, the only thing that really matters in life is relationship. I've often used this motto in my life that life moves at the speed of relationships. How fast is your life going or how slow is your life going depending on how your relationships are. And when life is over, folks, everything we have in this world will disappear and decay. Only one thing will remain, and that is your relationship with people. You know, we talk about heaven. What, and what, what's the first thing that comes up when we talk about heaven? Oh, I want to see my uncle. I want to see my dad. I want to see my kids. I want to see. I want to get back into that relationship. Why do we have to wait to heaven to have that again? 
Why can't we have beautiful relationships on this earth right now? Come on. Let's have relationship living. Here's what I want to declare. Someone has to be bigger than the break to mend broken relationships in families. Somebody's got to be bigger than the break. Somebody's got to be stronger than the thing that tore a family apart. Somebody's got to say, you know what? I may have been offended, but I'm going to forgive. I may have been knocked down, but I'm going to get back up again. I may look like that I'll never get it right, but I'm going to get it right. I'm going to walk on the road less traveled, and I'm going to stand for the things that are right in my life. And I'm going to be bigger than the break, and I'm going to mend the relationship in my family in 2021. It's not Father's Day. It's not Mother's Day today. It's a Sunday, but it's a brand new year. Why not start this new year with a brand new idea about I'm going to make the relationship in my family, the relationship with the people at work, my relationship with my mom and dad, I'm going to make it better than it's ever been in my life. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to do it. If someone you care about hurts you, make an attempt to heal the relationship as quickly as possible. Even if you're not at fault, mend it. Listen, listen. I discovered a long time ago you don't have to have the last word in everything. Is that good for you? I'll just let Patty have it. Because I told Patty a long time ago, if you ever get ready to leave me, pack two suitcases, I'm going with you. I know how good I have it on my side. You understand? We all need to look at life that way. Don't be so pompous in yourself that you can't lend to people and say, you're better than I am in life, and I, wanna, I want you in my life. I want you in my relationships, and I need your family, and I need your home, and I need your heart in my life. I want to declare to everybody in this house, everyone here matters to me. You hear me? Everyone matters. There is no big eyes and little U's. There's no people that we see and deem better. I may not know your last name, but I know that face, and I really do know that smile. But I want to declare to you that you all matter, and God doesn't make jokes. There may be some illegitimate relationships, but there's no illegitimate children. God makes all things beautiful. God makes all things great. And everybody matters. Come on, clap for yourself because you matter in this house. I looked at myself this morning. I saw myself. I said, oh, my God, that man, who is he? Who is that? Then I turned around and he was following me. My kids don't like the back of my hair. They think it's too long. I get it cut every two weeks, but then it grows out. That's the only part of my hair that grows. So I think I'm going to cut it off and paste it right here. See how that works. See if they'll like this part. Two people, Gilbert and Sullivan, were tremendous opera writers. One wrote lyrics, the other wrote the music. And they had this tremendous split one day, tremendous disagreement, and they chose not to ever see each other again. And so they kept working together, but the split was so dramatic that they got to hating one another. But Gilbert still had the ability to write lyrics, and Sullivan still had the ability to write music. And so Gilbert would send the lyrics to Sullivan in the mail, and Sullivan would write the music and send it back to him in the mail. That's no way to have a relationship. And when the first night of the opera would open, one would stand on one side of the stage, one stand on the other side, and they'd bow to the audience instead of bowing to one another. 
because they didn't want to have to face each other at all. And then I read further, and you know what it was over? They had a disagreement one time on what kind of carpet to put in one of their new theaters. One said, I want this carpet. The other said, I want that carpet. And so they bitterly became opposed to one another. And I trust they made it right before they both left this world. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. Never let a relationship end without giving the best effort you possibly can give to it. Don't stop short of giving your best. We need to turn to our primary relationship in order to get our other relationships right. We need to get a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I preach a little bit? I've been teaching, but can I preach a little bit? Come on, somebody needs to reach up and call him Lord today. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're not just my Savior. You're not a master in my life. You are my Lord. I want you as Lord of my life. I need you. I want you in my life. I want you to dictate. I want you to guide. I want you to guard. I want you to be there for me. I want you to be in my life every hour of every minute of every second of every day. I need you. Come on. Let's get a hold of him right now. Rejoice with me right now. I want a relationship with you, Jesus Christ, with you. I'm sorry I'm so passionate about that, but we need that in our life. We need to turn our relationship to him and say, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Max Licata is a man I like to read after. And he wrote a book, In the Grip of Grace, and he tells about in his boyhood days when he and his friends would gather on the street each afternoon to play football. And there was a dad in the neighborhood that they all loved. He was a diehard football buff. And he would sometimes join those boys. And this dad always played for the team that was losing. He always got on the losing side. And he helped them catch up. And then when they went ahead, he'd get on the other side to help them catch up. I want to tell you, we need Jesus in our huddle like that dad was in the huddle for those young men. We need him in our life because some of us are lagging. Some of us are not where we need to be starting a new year. We have let nine, ten months of last year's pandemic go over into a new year, and it's time to step up and say it's a brand new day. Oh, yeah, we may, we may have pandemic some this year also, but it's a brand new day. And I refuse to carry 2020's fear fear into 2021, I will declare, hallelujah, I will declare that God is going to be my God. Come on, clap your hands real big. I'm preaching to you right now. God's going to be my God in 2021. He will be there for me. Amen. Every pastor, every boss, every CEO, every manager, everyone who has ever tried to establish anything positive. And permanent knows the feelings of undercurrents. And so I'm going to talk to you now about you can develop better relationships simply by keeping those things out of your heart. What? Those undercurrents. I pastored in Dallas when I had no business pastor and I was 25 years old and I didn't know how to spell pastor, much less be one. I didn't know how to spell it. And uh, I had some people that were there 15, 60 years old and most of them gave me a break, you know, because I made a lot of mistakes. But everything, I'm like Robert Fulgham when he wrote the book, everything I learned in life, I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> and everything I ever learned about pastoring was in that Dallas church for seven years. God kept me a full seven years there. And I learned a lot of things and how to come out of different situations and all kinds of things attacked me in that church. One day I'm going to preach a sermon called Dallas. 
and you're going to hear all about it. But I had, I had a particular man that had an undercurrent. He just didn't want that church to succeed. He had an undercurrent. And it broke my heart because I really liked this guy. I really liked him. And I thought he liked me, but he had this undercurrent. He just didn't want, he didn't want somebody else to be successful because he wasn't being successful. And so he fought against the success of what God was giving us at that church. And then I left there and I went to St. Louis for a while and did some, did some uh, organizational work for about five years. Then I went to a church in Louisiana for three years. And I knew it wasn't the calling that God had for me. It wasn't the life calling that God had for me. And I stayed there for three years. And there was one man in that church that just tried me every way he could. I was just 37 years old when I went there. A large church, very large church. It was bigger than I probably could have handled without God. But God helped me. And this man just kept, he just kept riding my blade and kept, kept, kept throwing all kinds of darts at my life. And I knew if I came against him, I knew that. I knew if I came against him. So I just continued to love him. I just continued to care for him. I continued to be there when his family got down because his family got down a lot. I continued to do that kind of stuff. And I'm not, a, I'm not trying to brag on me. I just kept doing it because I learned in da- Dallas. Oh, God, Dallas. I learned in Dallas how to cope with undercurrents. But can I declare to this congregation today, I'm about to cry. Can I declare to this congregation today that there's never been one undercurrent in this church? There's never been one person, not one, not one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, not one person in this church has ever not wanted to see the glory of God revealed to this city through this church. Can you stand on your feet and clap your hands and say thank you, Jesus, for a church that's united in purpose, united in cause, and united for the Lord in our lives. Come on, clap for yourself. I love every last one of you, and every last one of you love this pastor. You may be seated. And that's not, I'm not running for anything. I'm not running for anything. But I told Patty the other day, I said, baby, we have been here almost 31 years. And people love us. And we love them. I used to sing tenor in a quartet. No, I'm teasing. I read about a man named George. George was a peacemaker. He had a big heart and a wonderful sense of humor. And he was so tenderhearted that he cried at supermarket openings. <laughs> Everyone loved George. And he was respected at the hospital where he worked. The reason so many people loved George is because he always was kind and respectful to everyone he met. His children vividly remember when George got old and got sick and was in the hospital before his death. The president of the hospital came by, paid him a visit. And they spoke as though they were old and blessed friends. And just a few minutes later, one of the janitors came to visit George. And he sat there for a while, and they had a nice visit. When the janitor left, one of George's children said to him, Dad, do you realize what just happened? You treated the president of the hospital and the janitor of the hospital just alike. Do you realize that, Dad? 
And George smiled and chuckled at the remark. He said, let me ask you something. If the president left for two weeks or the janitor left for two weeks, which one would we miss the most? (laughs) Some of you think you're just broom pushers. Some of you think that you're just in that other class. But if you're here, you're part of the kingdom of God. Then George called his children around his bed. Let me show you something I carry in my pocket all the time, even when I mow the lawn. And he pulled out a pocket-sized cross. And he pulled out a marble with the golden rule on it. And George said, on the cross are written these words, God loves you. And on the marble are these words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He said, the cross reminds me of how much Jesus loves me. And the marble reminds me of how deeply God wants me to love others. You know, by the way, I put wow in my notes right there. Wow. If you want to see my notes, I'll prove it. Wow. W-O-W. Three exclamation points on the front, three exclamation points on the back. Wow. What a joy it is to come here 30 years ago to a little A-frame building with a very few people. And because somebody wanted to see the glory of God revealed, we built a building over here that would seat about 600 people. Then we enlarged it and enlarged it again. And we seated up to 800 people in it. And then... We built a, tore the A-frame down and built us a nice, almost 24,000 square foot children's building next door. Wasn't that fun? And we put a gym in it because we had so many basketball players, I thought I'd lose people if I didn't put a gym over there. And they'd go and play basketball on Mondays and Thursdays and everybody loved it. But then we grew and we said, no more basketball. And, and I said, I'm sorry, but we're going we're gonna to put something there for God. So we put a chapel over there. It wasn't that nice because we used that chapel during this pandemic while we was building this church. Isn't that cool? So we went in the chapel and we was in the new lobby. And now here we are, third Sunday, wow, in this beautiful house. And God's been good to us, folks. He's been good to us. And when you think about the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the awesomeness of God and how he handled everything in our lives, And we've got to understand that I want to walk with that kind of God because if he put that kind of order in what we've seen before our eyes, what kind of order can he put in our lives if we walk with him in 2021? Come on now. Come on now. And so uh, I want you to go home and read Matthew 18. It tells you how to resolve your issues and live free of strife. Tells you a lot of things. He talks about when two or three gather together and agree in one thing. They can ask anything in my name and I'll give it. Peter said, how many times should we forgive? Seventy times, seven times a day. And he said, no, 70 times seven. So it's all about forgiveness. It's all about getting with others. It's all about relationship living. We need that in our church. This is how I've always pastored. I can't keep others from having undercurrents, but I can work to keep myself free from them. And I refuse to stop loving anybody in this house. I won't say that every Sunday. I'm not trying to be soft and mushy today. But I love you folks. And you folks, that are, you thank you, sweetheart. Those folks that are going to sit there one day, I already love them. And the people that's going to make up the top part of this thing, I already love them. 
They just don't know it yet. Come on. Come on. Be fair to all people. You can't stop people from talking negative about you, make cutting remarks, but don't, you don't have to drink of their poison. You're better than that. Stay on the high road and keep your heart free from the poison that complicates relationships. So our relationship gets better when we get better. Because when we get better, we bring greater good into relationship. More honor, more respect, more appreciation, greater empathy, less criticism, more kindness, more generosity. We either add value or we have to feel valued. I want to add value to people's life. I don't want to walk around making somebody have to validate me every day. I don't want to have to make somebody make me feel valued. I know God makes me feel valued. And I want to live in that value. Randy, if you'll come. So we need to focus on adding value. And then my second one's very quick and very brief. The first one was the one I want to talk about. You need to form better habits. Quit eating Twinkies. <laughs> and Kit Kats. And Bluebell. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. An old Cherokee grandfather, his grandson was talking to him one day and the wise old man said, son, there's two wolves inside of you that are fighting. One's good. He wants you to do good. The other's lazy. He's mean. He's nasty. And he said, he wants to hurt you. And the young boy said, well, which one wins the fight? And he said, the one you feed. The one you feed. So let's feed the good things of life. I remember the story of the little boy. It fell out of bed in the middle of the night. When his mom rushed in there to check on him, she asked him what happened. He said, Mom, I don't know. He said, I guess I stayed too close to where I got in. <laughs> How many of you remember joining the church? Come on, raise your hand. How many remember that day? Come on. The rest of you forgot it? All right. How many remember the first time you ever came here, your first visit? You remember that? You remember when you walked in? You said, wow, I have found a church. I have found a church. So the way not to fall out is don't stay where you first came in. Get on over here in the middle and spread your arms out to the Lord and say, here I am, Lord. I'm going to be, pardon the expression, slap dab in the middle, Oklahoma. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God in 2021. We're going to see the glory of God. I'm going to run better. I'm going to do better things. Stephen Covey wrote seven habits, and I preached them a long time ago, but I'm going to rehearse them real quickly. He said, you got to be proactive. you got to take initiative, be responsible. you got to begin with the end in mind. What you want to end like, you got to start now. you got to put first things first. That's Jesus. That's the church. That's your family. Allow your values to discipline your feelings and impulses. He said, think win-win. No losing thinking in this house. Let's think win-win. He said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. He said, focus on listening and not trying to reply all the time. He said, synergize. Enable more energy to be released than was put in. And he said, sharpen the saw. Don't ever saw with a dull saw. Sharpen the saw. Have a cutting edge in your life. Be sharp, be gentle, be precious, be godly, and walk with God. That's what it's all about.
Say it with me. I will be better. You know, I didn't do this in the first service, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that praise team to come back up here right quick. And if we don't, if we don't even have the musicians to help, Randy, you can play. Y'all come up here. I, I want you just to sing a little bit of that last song again. That's going to be my theme song for all this year. Are y'all available? Yeah, here they're coming. They're coming. Wow, they got their guitars. My Lord, here comes the piano player. Here comes one of the singers. Here comes another one and another and another. They're all here. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet all over the house. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for the word of God today. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord today. Come on, let's clap our hands real big. Let's rejoice in the fact that God's word is being delivered here today. Amen. Everybody say there will be miracles in this house this year. There will be salvation in this house this year. There will be many baptisms in this house this year. There will be many healings in this house this year. There will be many deliverances in this house this year. Everybody say the power of God is greater than any power of this world, any power of hell. There's nothing that can stop the kingdom of God. Come on. Let's rejoice in that. Let's rejoice in that. Amen. Sing a little bit here, guys. Sing a little bit here right now. Here it is. Sing it with us. Oh, all my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able. Sing it now. I will see of the goodness of God. That's a song for my life this year. Come on now. So good in every breath that I am able, I'm going to see of the goodness. Sing that, sing that bridge. Sing that bridge. Sing that bridge. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good theme song for the year, isn't it? Everybody say, Jesus loves me. I love him. I love his church. I love his people. And I love people that need him. Amen. Bow your heads. Father, I love you and I thank you for today. Wow, thank you for just letting me talk to the church today. Thank you for it. Oh, there's just something special about preaching in this new place. There's just something special about it. And I'm sorry I hadn't let the, the young pastor speak yet because I've been pretty jealous of this place. But I'm so grateful for the goodness of God. Thank you for your grace to us and thank you for allowing us to worship in this assembly. We honor you with our lives. We honor you with our mouth. We honor you with our actions. We appreciate who you are in our lives. Bless our families, bless our children, 
and bless all that enter this house. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Say a prayer for us on Tuesday. We're having a, we're having a funeral for Coach Fred Akers here. It's going to be, it's going to be streamed. You can, you can listen to it. CLCAustin.com forward slash Fred Akers. It'll be coming on at 1030. The funeral start at 11. We love you very much. Say a prayer. We'll be online Wednesday night. We're starting back Wednesday nights in February. I love you. Go home in the Lord. Amen. God bless. Sing us out of here, kids.